welcome to Expansion Pack for the month of March. And Hi. this should be posting on April Fool's Day. So, ha, we got you, April Fool's. Yeah, little did you know. We're, we're, we're your hosts. Uh, I'm Trey, and this is John and Jeremy. We don't have to have nicknames or whatever. I'm Jeremy. This is John and Trey. Yeah. I'm John. I don't know these guys. Yeah, you can't leave until you learn our names, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, you're stuck, you're stuck here in this virtual uh, prison. Since it's April Fool's Day, I thought it'd be fun to do to just go off the rails. We're just not going to talk about any Nintendo stuff at all. Like, if anybody says Nintendo, you're out of the show. I'm kicking you off right here. Or Jeremy will. I don't know. I don't have the controls on this. I'm kidding. We'll probably say it anyway. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought we'd do a a non-Nintendo episode where we talk about our favorite games that are not on Nintendo systems, which is kind of hard to do because everything is on Switch now. So it was a real real difficult episode for me, but I just had to go back. I just had to go back to the days when I played PlayStation 2 and 3 and whatever else. See what has been. And pull pull from there. Pull from things that I liked. uh, Talking to Shauna was, helped me a lot on this because she helped me realize a really good one that I might have forgotten otherwise, just because she had her own experience with it. But that's just a little foreshadowing for you. Yeah, it was tough for me to think of because I've, I've been with Nintendo all this time, except for, you know, I, I went to Genesis for one generation, but all those Genesis games are practically now on Nintendo. Yeah. Yep. I mean, depending on what you so, played on Genesis, there's still some stuff. You'd be hard pressed to there. find like a like a really like solid title that wasn't on Switch, unless it's something obscure that I don't know about. Which well, uh, I guess is possible. I mean, licensed titles are real easy to find. That's that true. On, like like uh like the X Men games on on Genesis, they're not on my list, but those those aren't on Nintendo, and they probably never will be. Like X Men One and Two from Genesis, or Spider Man from Genesis. Like you'll never see those on Switch. Stuff like that. Like those aren't on my list, but you could easily, you know, you could do something like that that just would remain there, you know, or like what's a super obscure one, the Fantastic Four game for PlayStation One. You're never going to see that on anything other than that, because apparently it was awful. And also, you know, licenses, whoever owns it, owns it or whatever. So stuff like that. None of that has uh, is any is on my list. But yeah, I pretty much tried to, I don't know, I tried to not make it too predictable, but I also just kind of looked at stuff that I had. I'm like, hey, here's some games that I have that aren't on Switch. Actually, one of them was sitting right over there, and that's how I uh, realized it. It was just, hey, this is right in front of my chair. Oh, there it is. Remember that game? Cool. That'll be on your list. That's how, that's how it happened. But it was a good one, so it fit. Yeah. And I've got some games on here that uh, I've talked about before on the show. and You know, so I'm trying to think of something different to say about them. But uh, there's a couple on there that I don't think I've mentioned before. Sure. Um, especially some PC titles. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think... Um, we call I mean, them woke titles now. <laughs> Uh, yep, yep. That's what I just call things that I don't understand. That was my politics joke. God damn, okay. it's so woke. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Being woke is nice. It just means that I you agree. that you hire less white people, right? That's why people. It also means it. you're just an Ewok. It's spelled differently. <laughs> my uh, my Ewok uh, role playing character's name was Co. By the way, which is Ewok backwards. That's how you come up with names when you don't know how to make a name for your Star Wars character. That's uh, I had a character named Oval Wark, which was Lobo and Crow spelled backwards. Because I was in a comic store and I just looked at what posters were on the wall, and that's how I came to that. <laughs> One of my friends' nice. name was uh, Noitka because uh, Noitka Dink because there was a <laughs> there was there was like a poster on the wall that said action and action backwards Noitka. So we do all sorts of dumb stuff like that. The Star Wars role playing inspiration comes from everywhere. Anybody want to start off the the countdown here? Either of you can do it. I start enough of these. I'll start. Sure, I'll start. Oh, no, John, you start off. 
All right, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Nintendo games, uh, one of my favorite games that's never appeared on a Nintendo. Hey, you already started system. it off wrong. Dang it. <laughs> John, uh, my favorite Nintendo game, it, well, let's start off with Mario 3. No, uh, By the way, this is an elimination, so you've been eliminated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're out. Sorry. We have to, we have to think, think up five extra games, each of us. Now. You have to revoke your Nintendo fanboy card. We have to oh, come geez. up with two and a half games each of us. And hopefully the half one is the same. One of my favorite games that's never appeared on a Nintendo system is uh, Zelda The Wand of Gamelot. Oh, no. interesting. Uh, Nintendo, but not Tendo. Wait, does uh, the, I mean, does the CDI, that's not really, doesn't count as a system, right? Because it doesn't have the name on it. it no, and I've never played it. So, uh, uh, never mind. I'm not going to count it. I'm going with Teleturtle, which is a ColecoVision game that uh, I don't think, I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show. Um, but it, it was one of the first, like, sort of, art uh software programs that i've that i ever used probably, probably the first one uh wasn't so much a game as as a very primitive version of like microsoft paint on the ColecoVision, where your mouse was a little turtle and a turtle on the ColecoVision is just a circle with a little bump on it where the head is but they turn the little turtle around and you hold the button down as you're using that Coleco joystick to trace around on the screen and draw stuff. And I remember thinking this was, it was like a fun game to play when you're four years old and, and you know, it's 1986 and, and this kind of thing is amazing but that you can draw on the TV. Yeah, that was like, that was one of my favorite games on the ColecoVision. And I remember playing it with my sisters and, you know, drawing things on the TV and just thinking it was a lot of fun. That's never appeared on a Nintendo system. I don't know why. Never even heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> tell it, tell a turtle. What's it called? Telly Turtle. Telly Turtle. So I can't help but wonder if this is a reference to uh, Logo, which is a type of programming language. And the only reason I remember this is because we were actually being taught this in junior high by like one of my math teachers. We would go to the computer lab like once a month and we would play this like Logos program, which was literally the icon was called a turtle. It was like a little round circle and you would input like go forward this far, turn right this many degrees. And like, basically mm -hmm. you were using programming language to tell it what to draw. So you didn't get to control it directly. You had to learn how to like instruct it to like draw an image through your uh, line by line coding type. And uh, I just remember, remember like thinking, I don't know. I thought it was really cool at the time, but this was before I'd ever played anything like Microsoft Word or uh, Mario Paint or anything like that. So but I can't help but wonder because everything in it, like including the, uh, so I guess this programming language goes all the way back to like 1967. Mm. But you, you the, based on this page I have open here, but uh, you, it. it was literally called a turtle. That was what the cursor was called. And all the programming language was based around like huh. HT would mean like hide turtle and it would turn invisible. Or like, I think it was like MT would be move turtle. And then you'd like input like coordinates. And that would be like how far north, south, east, west it would move or whatever. Something along those lines. Or it might have been more just like an X, Y axis. But anyway, just, I, yeah. I, I, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I can't help but wonder if it wasn't a reference to that. That it was a turtle. That seems like it must have been like the, like the kid's version of that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I haven't played it since I was you know, four or whatever. But I'm remembering there being something uh, difficult about the way you control it. And you know, maybe that's just because I was four again. But uh, but it was there was something not so straightforward about about it. Like I think you could enter 
certain directions, you know, not just with the joystick, but you could enter coordinates or whatever, like you were saying, come up with a drawing. And then it, it could animate too. I, I, I never got that deep into it, but um, I, I did, did some research on it uh, uh, earlier today and saw it doing animations and stuff. So I guess you could say it was like ColecoVision Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way before Mario was. Paint. Might have been kind of hard to play because those controllers are really confusing. Weird. That was in the Stone Age of game controllers when they didn't figure it out and buttons were all over the place. It's just like a dial yeah. and some numbers, right? Like that's a. It looks like, like a phone. It looks like a phone, but it's got. But a it's got a little. It's got a little top of it. Yeah. It's, is it like a dial or is it like a joysticky thing? No, it's a joysticky thing. Yeah, like you move. It's like not. Forward. It's not like the it's television not, that had had a dial on it. It's not like it's the. A, um, uh, whatever pong like pong dials that sort of thing no i like that but yeah it's got like got like 12 numbers on it whatever so there's buttons on the side the action mm-hmm. buttons were on the, it was really you know, weird. It was a strange controller we played a phone had one one through nine on the bottom and then had some buttons on the side which were as i recall primarily the action buttons and then you'd hold and use the joystick on the top and and this is the one what? that has like the paper thing that you could put on front of it, right? To like make the buttons yeah. say different things. Yeah, I, I vaguely yeah, remember that. Yeah, you could that. put you could put panels on 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 it, and yeah, you could get little things that you could slide in that instead of saying like one through nine or whatever, it would have like jump or whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever you would push that, which would make it a lot more easier, I'm sure. Instead of like press three to make turtle go up or whatever, whatever it did in that game. The, uh, the place, uh, there's, there's a, the, the, uh, the sex phone place in Yakuza is called like Teleboys. So maybe that's a reference to Teleturtle the, when you, you, can, you can call people on the, on the phone. So <laughs> there you go. It's something like that. It's like, it's like Tele Teleboys or yeah. So think of that next time you're drawing stuff with the turtle. Yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Well, if you're good with that, uh, I'll move on to my number five, which was the Telltale the Telltale Boys Club is what it's called. <laughs> it's the, uh, the Telltale the, Boys Club. The Telltale by Edgar Allan Poe right before he died. Actually, when he was a child, I should say. Anyway, the Oregon Trail is the one I chose. That is because, on Switch, though. But it's not this version. Oh yeah, because there's a million. It's not versions the of Apple IIe version that I Whoa. have recreated on Hand this held. small device here, which is the original, like, uh, yeah, the one that was on Apple IIe later converted to DOS. Probably the one and we I actually play- played at the school computer lab or whatever. Right? Yep. Yeah. And I played this at the school computer lab. I also played it, you know, in my actual classroom because we would have certain. Um, I was in like advanced classes or whatever, so I didn't get to move around as much. I was in the same classroom more, and uh, we would do like if you finished the test, you could whoever finished first could go back to the computers, and like there'd be like four or five Apple IIe's in the back of the classroom. So like that was something to like motivate us to finish our test really fast, so we could like just go play Oregon Trail or Carmen San Diego, which I preferred Oregon Trail. I thought about mentioning Carmen San Diego. Had I been able to secure my copy of the Carmen San Diego game, which is in the same series, it came out in twenty. I think the Carmen San Diego one came out in twenty nineteen. This one came out in twenty eighteen, and I bought this at Target. I really love this little thing. You know, it's real. It's got batteries in it, stuff. And it's really. It looks chonky. like if C sixty four were a Game Boy. Yeah, it's super chunky. Like it looks like you just zoomed in on part of a keyboard stuck it in here for the buttons but i really like it you know there's this little like it kind of looks like a floppy disk that you click that turns on the screen and then of course you just got a really basic emulator running it but it's pretty fun you can even hunt buffalo and everything just like the old version so yeah this was just a game that i used to play a lot when i was a kid 
even before we got a Nintendo. Like it helped me realize I liked video games. I mean, I already knew I liked video games from the arcade and from like going to friends' houses and relatives that had them and stuff. But uh, you know, at this point, we still didn't have our own game console. Maybe we had the twenty six hundred at this point, but we still didn't have a Nintendo. We didn't get that till pretty late. You know, after the SNES came out, if I remember correctly, right before it came out. But uh, this was one of the earliest games I played where I was just like, whoa. Like, I just thought, like, the part where you went out and hunted buffalo and other uh, animals was so cool because you were literally shooting the bullets and hitting them. And it blew my mind at the time. And and you really loved dysentery also. Oh, yes. (laughs) Dysentery. (laughs) To be killed uh, of dysentery. That's the main thing that I remember is just like you die a lot of dysentery or or whatever disease. I remember it was always like a you had to decide if you were going to walk the horses through the water or you're going to try to put everything up on like a, a raft kind of scenario. But the problem with the raft is like if it tipped, you would lose everything. So like it was always better to just like go through the water and get a couple of people sick. But yeah, I played through it a few times, you know, back in the day. And I didn't I didn't finish it much when I was a kid because it took kind of a little while to beat and we didn't have much time to play it. But uh I bought that version at Target a few years ago, and I've played through it on there since. And that allows you to save and everything. But it still has a very much a you know a monochromatic Apple IIe feel to it. So I would recommend if you can find it online to grab that Oregon Trail micro game. It's really not that micro. It should be called macro game. But it's not on the Switch, not in this capacity. Not this version. So you've beat it before. What happens? Do you get to Oregon? Like, like what happens at the end of it? Like you get you- to Oregon, and it just shows you a, a, a like an ASCII or whatever you want to call it. The whatever just, the versions of the, the they, graphics was of. They dance in the background and rocket takes. It's off. basically something like that. It's just like a bountiful land. Hmm. Like, hey, you made it to Oregon. It's like here it Thank is. You. <laughs> you're here, and you won't die the like ends. tomorrow or anything. Right now, you're in like the land of uh, milk and honey or whatever. It's like the Canaan of of the United States west. This there's gold here or something. Yeah, there's plenty of buffaloes to kill. Whatever, whatever you're looking for, it's here. You have it now. Yeah, I never. Which you do, if I remember correctly, you do get like you do interact with like Native Americans, but I think it's usually in a positive way. You know, like, they're just like they tin shop and stuff like that. Which, it, in a way, it does have some very light RPG elements. So. Might technically be the first RPG I ever played because you could buy like medicine and stuff in case you got sick. You know, you could sort of stock up and you could stock up on food and stuff so your horses wouldn't starve and all that. And after you beat it, you can do a new game plus where you get to keep everything. Like yeah. For, for Oregon, you can actually, Oregon it's Trail called too. Oregon Trail Blazers and it actually turned into a basketball game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that would be a major change if you beat the game and it turns into a different game. <laughs> I guess that's kind of like a. I mean, doesn't um, near to- or near Automata kind of do that sort of? That's, that's what I've heard. If one Spoilers. of us ever gets through it to to play it a second time, it's it turns into a different genre type game. But I think that that's just a formative game. I had to mention it. It's never been on Nintendo in in that form, as far as I know. Well, you guys went so old school. I'm so my uh, my choices are do not go that far back at all. So, <laughs> well, well, maybe uh, you should get a little older, young boy. I'm the oldest one here. <laughs> yeah, let us tell you a thing or two. But I don't. But I. Mem- I guess my memories are for are for uh, later games than earlier ones. Anyway, my my number five. I thought it's you know it's kind of it kind of fits with the month because there's actually a new one of these coming out in a few weeks. Uh, not the game, but the movie that it's based on. Uh, my number five is a little game called Evil Dead Regeneration, which was which I had on oh. PlayStation Two. It's an Evil Dead game. Mm. 
starring uh, my man Bruce Campbell as Ash. Was it made by? Was it like uh, made by Activision? Uh, it's a THQ game. Was it around the same time as the Spider-Man? Games? That's just what I'm wondering. Because that's when Sam Raimi got you know. I don't think. Uh, I don't know if Sam Raimi like was involved with it at all. Okay. I think it came out. It came out in 2005. So I don't know what what's the timeline for Spider-Man around then. It I mean, was probably I think, Spider. It was probably no longer Tobey Maguire at that point. I think they were still they were still no, maybe 2007 in the, was Spider-Man three. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say it, it probably might have been in between Spider-Man two and three. It was around the time that the uh, Evanescent song was on the Spider-Man two soundtrack. I don't remember that song. I was gonna say I don't think that song was on there. Wake me up inside. That was that was on Dead. That was on Dare. That was on Daredevil. That was on Dare the Daredevil movie with the. Uh, with what's, oh, I with thought what's it was on head. Spider-Man 2 for some reason. I don't remember it being in Spider-Man oh, 2. Oh, no, it was I on did. the Spider-Man 2 video game on GameCube. You could listen to that song. Yeah, it wasn't on there either. But uh, it was it was definitely in Daredevil with Ben Affleck, which uh, that's what you're thinking of. It was on the soundtrack for that movie. Because there's a whole... There's Let's a whole hear a little of sample of that song right now. No, sorry. I thought it was Spider-Man 2. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, uh, Evil Dead Regeneration is an excellent game. Uh, I bought it for PlayStation 2. I'm just reading through the Wikipedia thing, and I've played through this game a couple times, and I guess I had no idea that this game actually takes place between Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. So it's like an it it takes place in an alternate re- reality, as if Army of Darkness didn't happen. Like I thought, I always thought that it took place after Army of Darkness. So I guess I didn't know that, and they didn't really explain it well enough. It doesn't really matter. Like it it, it opens up with Ash being in a in a mental hospital, like he's been locked away, you know, for killing all of these zombies or deadites, or whatever you want to call them. And uh, you and you get out of there, and there's this huge adventure around it. And it's like it's a third person, it's a third person shooter, but it's like a third person shooter action adventure game type of thing. And it's cool that you can you can upgrade your you know you can upgrade your shotgun. It can turn into different guns and stuff like that. And same with your hand, like your fake hand. You can, it, I remember it turns into hook shot at one point. Like you can upgrade it into different uh, items and tools and stuff like that to get to get through the game. And there's a you know they pull a lot of stuff from a Evil Dead too. Like if you remember that like ghost guy that shows up on the wall at one point, like he's in the game, which I thought was really cool. The spirit, the spirit of that lady's dad or whoever the fuck he was that tells him to do whatever they're doing. And you end up like you end up going to like Dead Eyed Hell or whatever, and you go like straight to like spoilers. This game is old, but you I remember you go all the way there, like to wherever they came from, and you go and like destroy the center of of Dead Eyes, and the you know the Necronomicon and all that shit. So. It was pretty cool. I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, Ash, like I said, Bruce Campbell did all the voice work on it. Um, there's a little like, uh, there's like a short uh, guy with you. That's like a half. He's like a half deadite little creature, and and maybe it's kind of a little cringy now because you because uh, you 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 know you like kick him at zombies or you like kick him through like doors and stuff like that, and he's like super abusive to him, but he's like supposedly like half dead or whatever, and he gets kind of annoying. I do remember that, but. Uh, but it was, I mean, I thought it was a pretty fun game. Like, I really enjoyed the opening stuff with the, in the music, in like the, uh, the mental hospital because they do some cool, like, you know, they, they kind of did like sort of like, uh, Eternal Darkness effects, like stuff like that, where like you try to open a door and it's not really a door, like the door will attack you. And they kind of did like, you know, stuff to make it think like it's, it's fucking with your mind and all that stuff. And, and I remember that. And it was fun. And I have it sitting right here under my TV. And I was like, hey, look at that game. And there's a new Evil Dead game, or there's a new Evil Dead movie coming out in a few weeks, so it's fitting, I guess, because they're doing that again. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. I'm realizing why I got why I got confused about the soundtracks, and that it doesn't really like make sense to everyone but me, probably. But it was Dashboard Confessional that was in Spider-Man Two, and much different. I'm like, 
I know it's much different, but it still kind of fits that like I'm a, that time frame for me. That emo going, the emo and screamo and all that going like mainstream. I mean, taking back Sundays on there, which is more, yeah, even more like uh, I don't know. I honestly don't remember any songs in Spider-Man Two other than the Danny Elfman ones. So good for you. And I've seen that movie quite a lot. Well, not recently. Regardless, but yeah, Evil Dead Regeneration. It was a, uh, I think it was the best one of those Evil Dead games. And even though there's supposed to be an Evil Dead game coming to Switch at some point, the uh, multiplayer one, it never came out. So, and this game probably never will. <laughs> it will never come out. But this was the third one actually. There was one on Dreamcast, like the original, very first one was a Dreamcast game. I remember that, like a Dreamcast PlayStation One game. And I played that one Evil a little Dead, bit. The Elder of the King. It was, uh, yeah, it wasn't very good. It was like it was like a it was like a bad Resident Evil is, is what I got from. I played it a little bit, and I was like, hey, this game kind of sucks. And I never played Fistful, Fistful of Boomstick, the one before. That's the one my friend bought in high school that he was trying to sell me on. I remember. No, but this one is the best one. I mean, that's why. I mean, as far as reviews go, and the um, the half dead guy is actually voiced by Ted Raimi, who is. Uh, Sam Raimi's brother. You've seen Ted Raimi, I'm sure, if you've seen any Sam Raimi movies. You've seen that guy's face around. He was also in uh, Xena, the Warrior Princess, and Hercules, and those shows, as was Ash, as was uh, Bruce Campbell. So it was a fun, silly little game. I, I remember I played, I think I streamed it one year for Halloween, and it's still it's still pretty fun to play, even on, uh, on, on PlayStation 2. So yeah, I was like, I, there's plenty of PlayStation 2 games I can mention that haven't, haven't ever graced the Nintendo before. And that's one of them. I was like, that was a good one, so... That'll be my number five. Why not? Hey, hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Domain. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over!